Hi everyone, welcome to the Underdog Podcast, where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty at SB Nation. My name is Cyrus Smith. Joined with me for today's podcast is Adam Luckett. Hey everybody, uh, how's it going? Going good, going good. Um, So pretty much what this pod is going to be about is the whole general theme of the postseason or this offseason has been the Conference USA and Sunbelt realignment. Um. I feel like it's not a stretch to say that, you know, ironically enough, both of these conferences really don't get a lot of pub from the national media, but they've pretty much supplanted the Big 12 as far as expansion talk this offseason. And um, I feel like it's kind of a bit strange <laughs> um, with the, the, the scope that this has gotten. You know, pretty much we've seen a lot of takes this offseason about team people wanting um, a 2014 merger. I know that a bunch of Conference USA fans and Sunbelt fans don't really want that, and they pretty much um, dislike each other. But we're going to pretty much talk about that, the realignment, what needs to be done. Um, I'm going to represent Conference USA, and Adam is going to represent Sunbelt. And um, we're pretty much going to figure out, you know, how do we get here, Adam? How did we get to this point where we kind of need to do something about the realignment for these two conferences? As I started with Underdog Dynasty, I kind of took over the Sun Belt and kind of been, you know, uh, looking over, trying to do a broad spectrum of all the teams. And really what it comes down to is just, you know, the television and these the amount of travel teams are having to do. You're seeing the Sun Belt kicked New Mexico State and Idaho out essentially because they didn't want to send um, schools from the East Coast all the way out, out there just to play a game. So they weren't really making that much money off of it. So, so what they're trying to do is just to get everybody, you know, close together and just to save some money, pretty much. Right. And so you've seen what the, what the Sun Belt has done is kind of create these two divisions that will take place next year, um, which has really just got everybody close. And it's kind of got, you know, more natural rivals instead of play, uh, like a hodgepodge of sorts of who they play each year. Um, so it's just giving them – it's just making it more, you know, natural – and I think what you see in the CUSA is they've got schools all the way from the uh, Texas-New Mexico border to the Atlantic Ocean. So right. they're just so spread out. That, and in, it's not just for football. It's for all sports, too. So you've got women's basketball traveling that far and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's really the, the point they're at right now is trying to figure out. And really, ideally, if with you know when it comes to expansion, football has been the driving force for it. But – you know, if we could have just, you know, in an other reality or hopefully somewhere down the line, if we can just kind of restrict the com- current conferences to just football only and not have like our baseball teams going from El Paso to South Florida and have that more geographic friendly, which it should be, then that would be much more ideal. However, you know, with conference affiliation being such a grand, you know, a huge point in college sports that you know, that's really unlikely for us to happen. So right. here we are now trying to figure out what's the best way these two conferences should go. The Sun Belt has made leaps and bounds, you know, as far as image-wise across the nation that, you know, the, the geographic thing was definitely the way to go. And being that, unfortunately, Idaho and New Mexico State are now going to have to lead with the addition of Coastal Carolina. The only thing that's really missing for the Sun Belt is a traveling partner for a Texas school, which, you know... We have that right here in Conference USA, whether that be UTSA or North Texas or Rice, if they'd want to move down. But I think the one thing that Conference USA fans, you know, kind of have to get over is the fact that the Sun Belt and Conference USA are more or less equal. Um, right. You know, a few years ago, you could have said, you know, that 
the Sun Belt was definitely the worst FBS conference, but that's no longer the case anymore with the additions of Appalachian State, Georgia Southern, and then Arkansas State, and then, you know, for a little bit, Louisiana um, Lafayette, minus the, you know, sanctions that's been going on there. You know, those programs have really turned themselves around. Meanwhile, Cover Choice has kind of floundered, you know, with their schools. Um, so um, I guess the next thing that we, you know, we should kind of go to was um, how, if we were to realign these two conferences, what would be best? What's the most realistic approach should we do? Right. Well, the thing with the CUSA, the emergent, the, the, the dissolving of the Big East with the emergence of the AAC really kind of, they poached all their teams. Mm-hmm. So it, essentially they saw what, in my opinion, they saw what was going up around the country. They, they thought the big deal was TV markets. We got to get TV markets. So when they, so obviously they went and got some Sunbelt teams, but then they went out and got some big markets like a Charlotte, um, and essentially stuff like you know, Rice and all that stuff. They thought in an Old Dominion, and they thought that would help bring eyeballs, but really it didn't. While the Sunbelt, even though they were pulling FCS team, they were p- pulling proven winners in you know, Appalachian State and Georgia Southern. So that's what I really think that's helped them stay on the same side because TUSA has pulled up FCS schools like a Charlotte. They really just didn't have the success that you know an App State and Georgia Southern did. Right. I think that's how we got to how we are right now. And I think, you know, people just have to look in the mirror and realize, you know, they're, they've got more, CSA and Sunbelt got more in common than they do, you know, d- differences pretty much. So. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like nationally, you know, with the whole huge conference there with Big 12, whether they dissolve it or not, many people think that Conference USA and Sunbelt won't really last beyond that. You know, hopefully they'll be wrong. But, you know, just for a hypothetical <laughs> for hypothetical hypothetically let's go into which teams should be where um if you were the sunbelt and you wanted to add two more teams or if we just wanted to put all of these teams as sort of like free agents and just let them get picked down the line who should go where um ideally i feel like louisiana tech i've seen, read articles saying you know louisiana tech would make the most sense being in the same conference as louisiana lafayette and um i mean you could just trade them for texas state because i mean why, why, is, <laughs> why is texas state and the sunbelt and then the other four texas schools are just you know our other three texas schools are just you know it just doesn't make it doesn't make logical sense which no, college football in general that usually doesn't make logical sense so i would you know at first i'd start off i'd trade louisiana tech for texas state and this is if I was if I was a Sun Belt and all I was worried about was my conference, I would try to get I guess to twelve, and then I would trade Texas Tech to or I would trade Louisiana Tech and Texas State that would give me a ten. Then I would try to add Charlotte because that's a natural rival for Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina. And then after in Old Dominion, I think Old Dominion would be a better fit just for that area, either them or Southern Miss because Southern Miss kind of. They're right there with, you know, Arkansas State and the Louisiana schools and uh, Troy and South Alabama. So, I mean, it, I could see the Sun Belt going either way because they have a geographical footprint that makes sense right now. So I've, more options for them will make sense than rather the CSA who's so spread out that right. they don't really know, you know, where they want to go or what areas they want to concentrate on. I mean, if I'm looking at it from Comfort USA's approach, it would be really hard letting go um, Louisiana Tech or Southern right, Miss. I mean, Southern absolutely from their point of view, because those are two proven programs that you know have had great success winning. So obviously, you don't want to let them go. 
But then you've got these other schools that are just, you know, that UTEP, um, you know, Charlotte just, you know, Charlotte really hasn't done anything since they got in the conference. You know, Rice, look, Rice and UTEP look like they're, you know, going to be two of the worst teams in the country this year. It's just, you know, but you can't just, if you're going to cut out one Texas school, you got to cut out all of them. You can't just. Right. I agree with that. I think if you're aligning both of the, realigning both of the conferences, I feel like, I mean, just if Southern Miss is going to leave Conference USA, then there might as well not be a Conference USA. I mean, they are a Conference USA, being that they're the original team. And you might as well just kind of right. rename Conference USA and have it some other, um, you know, rename it something completely different. But, you know, just for the sake of argument, you know, Louisiana Tech, I can't see them ever join being in the same conference as Lafayette or Monroe, being that they And I don't think their fans want to be in the same conference. Yeah, I don't think them. they want to either. <laughs> just from based off of Twitter. I don't think that would be ideal. However, that might be, you know, the pill that La Tech fans and, you know, La Tech as a university might have to swallow if we are to continue this group of five conference theme going into the next transitional phase of what college, the college football landscape might be like. As the current as the current structure of college football is just not ideal, you know. Um Right. Louisiana Tech doesn't really want to go to Western Kentucky or, you know, Old Dominion when they can play Arkansas State or, you know, just geographically friendly teams. It's just cost friendly. It just makes more sense. And, you know, just from my perception, I feel like Louisiana Tech is a better program than those schools anyway. I mean, I don't see why they just wouldn't dominate. It's not as if they're making the move right. to the American and it's going to pay off huge dividends in the future. Like I said, more or less Comfort USA in the Sun Belt are the same entity, are the same conference. They're both facing the same problems going forward. I think what, you know, when we're talking about this issue about proven winners, like if you're talking about, you know, a Marshall, a Southern Miss, um, a Louisiana Tech, and even Western Kentucky, who's, you know, kind of an FBS, kind of a baby, so to speak. It hasn't been here that long, but they just start, ever since the hire of uh, uh, Petrino, they've just been dominating, or dominating, so to speak, especially with Brom. Mm -hmm. They're not... You know, they it's kind of a look down. Like if you told Western they would have to go and be, you know, with those teams in the Sun Belt, the conference they just they were just in, it would be disappointing because they're all looking to get to that that next Power Five opening. Right. With schools like that that have proven track records, that have won with uh, multiple head coaches, um, they don't want to be down with you know schools that are just moving up from the FCS. And I think that as a at a root of the problem is a lot to do with it. They're they're trying to get to that next to get with the big boys, so to speak. And that's kind of really the root of all of this, the problem. You know, each G5 program aspires to be a Power 5, you know, affiliation of some sorts. And I just feel like that's not going to happen, you know, unless there's grand scale changes where, like, there's relegation status. I feel like, you know, this is the lot of our life. You know, I would love if FAU was, the, you know, be in the same conference as USF and UCF or – even, you know, one day join the ACC and we're right next to the Atlantic Ocean, you know, makes sense. But that's probably not going to happen. So I just kind of accept the fact that, you know, FAU's a G5 program. It's not going to change, but it's okay with that. There's other aspirations and goals to achieve. You know, being a Power 5 school isn't shouldn't be the be-all, end-all. But for a lot of schools, it is. Um, for your Houston, you know, I can certainly see why they feel like they should be in the Big 12. But... For schools such as, you know, North Texas or UAB, Marshall, West Virginia, you know, it's, this is your lot in life. You're a G5 school. 
you have to make do with it. You know, I feel like you should at least make do with it, unless, like I said, there's grand scale change within college football structure. So, right. If we were to rearrange both of these conferences, what would the ideal fit? How many teams for the Sun Belt, and what would the teams be in them? Okay, if I was just what I kind of came up with mm-hmm. is kind of a, a merger between the CUSA and Sun Belt. Say both of the leagues just their their offices blew up and they had to start from scratch and they had to figure out where they're going to go. What I would do, I would create a three three different conferences, so to speak. So one of them would be you know kind of the Texas Southwest. You know, it'd be kind of a re. I don't know if they could get the name, but they could call it the New Southwest Conference. It'd be. All the Texas schools, so you have North Texas, Rice, UTEP, UTSA, Texas State. And then it would give um, New Mexico State a natural home because they're just down the road from El Paso. So that's obviously a, you know, a, that's a, that's a, or that can be an organic rivalry fan, you know, could it could create a good atmosphere because the schools are so close together. And then you'd have all the Louisiana schools, so that's Louisiana Tech, um, UL Lafayette, or Louisiana, or whatever the hell they want to be called. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then ULM over at Monroe. So that's that's a nine team conference. And that's you know, that, that created an eight game schedule for a, a legit round robin. So you could just play play your eight games in the in, in your conference. You wouldn't need a championship game. And then you could have four games four paycheck games, so to speak. Or you could have three paycheck games and play an get you an easy win on your schedule in an FCS team. So what you're creating there is, you know, you're saving money on travel, and you're giving them an extra game to, you know, boost their athletic department by, you know, going and playing a Power 5 school. And that you get an extra opportunity to do that. And so and then I would then I went over – this is where the numbers kind of get screw, screwy. I did a Mid-Atlantic uh, conference, but this one would only have uh, seven teams. But then the same thing, I would just, you know, play a – Play around Robin, and then you got that extra conference or extra non-conference game to do ever, ever the heck you want. And in this one, we'd have Charlotte, App State, Marshall. Um, give it would give Liberty a home, um, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, Old Dominion, and the Coastal Carolina. And I just kind of came up with the Mid Atlantic Conference name. I don't know. I guess you know, smarter people than me could figure out what to call it if it actually came about. And then finally, you know, it'd, it'd be kind of a, a Southern Conference, so to speak. It'd be Florida Atlantic, FIU, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, South Alabama, Troy, Southern Miss, Arkansas State, UAB. Um, to me, you get all the Alabama schools together. So South Alabama, Troy, UAB are going to play every year. You get Arkansas State and Southern Miss, which to me seems like that could be a really good natural rivalry. You keep the Georgia schools together, and you keep FAU and FIU together. So that's a conference full of you know, natural rivalries, I think. So that's a again a nine team league and you know eight games you play and then you got the four, you know we can do whatever you want with non conference and if you're smart about it I think you can make money by you know getting a, an extra paycheck game and then if you wanted to uh, if the conference is too small and you want to go bigger for each one you, you know there's FCS teams that I think would be willing to move up we know Eastern Kentucky uh, tried really desperately to get in the Sun Belt last year or beat out by Coastal. Um, but then you you know you got schools around that area that you know a James Madison, um, in that Mid Atlantic maybe in Texas they could add a Sam Houston State, so really I mean you could get creative there with uh, FCS um, teams. Actually, really- but that's what I would do. 
that that's a really good idea actually. I never really thought about the approach of breaking up three breaking up the two conferences into three different conferences. Um, that's geographically friendly and you know fosters natural ivory. That's a really good idea. Now, like you're gonna lose. I mean, I, I some people would know better than me, but you're gonna lose whatever natural rivalry has been created in the conference USA. Um, I don't know if Louisiana hates Western or if they really will would like to play Southern Miss every year. Um, so you're gonna kind of lose that. Um, but I think in the long run, it's just better for everybody because you're playing you're you're playing the teams that are close to you. And right now we got teams that are close to each other that aren't playing each other for G5 teams. And that just, it doesn't make much sense. They just need to play each other. Yeah, it really doesn't make sense. Um, I think from, this is what I would do. From my approach, I feel like I would keep the Sunbelt and Conference USA as their, I guess, original function for the most part. I would just switch around. If I was Conference okay. USA, I would let go of Charlotte. I would let Charlotte go to um, the Sunbelt giving them an 11 team. And then I would probably either let go one of the Texas schools as much as it pains me to say. Um, ideally, I would let go of Louisiana Tech, but I don't think whether realistically, um, I don't think Louisiana Tech would really ever join the conference with Louisiana Lafayette and Louisiana Monroe. I feel like... Right. In the, what, you know, in the setup you're making, I feel like CSA, they're going to want to hold on to La Tech because they've got a winning... Culture right, down exactly. there. Exactly. So and then I, cutting schools, they want, they're going to want to take the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, or schools that haven't proven they can win. So Charlotte's an obvious one. Mm -hmm. So, and then if you go down the list, I mean, UTEP would be another one. UTEP or Rice, if I had to guess, even though Rice has won a conference championship not too long ago, they just don't have the the support. I mean, it's a small private school that and it's in Houston. So it's already the second – just to count in the city, it's the second smallest program already in its city with, you know, Houston being right there. Yeah. And then, um, you know, if I if Louisiana Tech really isn't going to go down to the Sun Belt, um, I would have to let go one of the Texas schools to give Texas State a traveling partner, whether that would be Rice, North Texas. Um, ideally, I would not want to let go of UTSA or North Texas. I've never really – had much of a thing for Rice, but again, they've been one of the you know members for Conference USA for longer than the rest of the conference. And then UTEP right. has always been an outpost, and I don't really see any correlation where UTEP, UTEP uh, I'm sorry, UTEP or Texas State would be, you know, any much of a traveling partner. I mean, UTEP is already you know pretty much damn near near New Mexico, so I don't know how that would really help the Sun Belt as far as giving Texas State a traveling partner, but. I think what it really and then it, down, gets, it gets back to the uh, yeah. for the sub out. They just cut New Mexico State, and that's only 50, 40, 50 more miles. Exactly. Uh, you're only saving that much. So, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think UTEP would really make sense there, but I UTEP has not really wanted to be in the conference USA for some time now. They've really wanted to go to the Mountain West Conference, which would make more sense for them um, geographically. Uh -huh. But I think really what it boils down to is, you know, Louisiana Tech would really have to bite the bullet for the sake. Of all of the G5 conferences, or not all, but, you know, for Conference USA and Sunbelt, for a lot of the schools going forward, that they need to kind of get in the same boat as Louisiana Lafayette and Monroe and be in the same conference with them. Um, once that kind of situation is settled, then going forward, the rest of the conferences can kind of 
merge and become much more geographically friendly down the line. Right, that would make sense. It's just, it's hard for me to envision Louisiana Tech being the same conference as ULM and uh, Lafayette, even though it makes it is. It makes it's really it makes so much sense. But just that whole, I don't know. I I knew about it a little bit before I started. Uh, obviously writing for UDD, but getting to actually know people that are in that rivalry now. I mean, it or just not even in the rivalry, just that live in that state and all that the pol- the political stuff. And it's, I mean, it's just I wow the disdain for each other. And I just I think Louisiana Tech sees himself above, you know. Monroe and Lafayette, they just don't want to be in the same conferences. And, you know, just to, you know, piggyback off of that, I feel like that's not that bad of an approach. I mean, Tulane is not really, as far as athletically, they're not really any better than, they haven't been any better than Louisiana Tech or Louisiana and Lafayette these past, this past decade on the football field. However, they're just magically in the AAC, you know, due to their market and, you know, academics. And I feel like, Louisiana Tech is a far more superior athletic program than Tulane, you know. So, the 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 politics in that state are definitely strange. Um, definitely, definitely strange. Because even just saying it from now, I can't really see Tulane being in the same conference as Monroe or Lafayette. You know, even though Tulane doesn't have that much of perception of athletic excellence, you know. <laughs> right. It's definitely weird. Definitely weird, Adam. So. Adam, I wanted to get your thoughts on the new Sunbelt divisions. Um, pretty much, you know, going into 2017, and you pretty much mentioned before, how now we're getting a much more of a geographic footprint, geographic-friendly conference. What are your thoughts on the East and West and how they decided to split the uh, Alabama schools? At first, I didn't love them because I saw just kind of recency bias. The last few years, it's been App State, Georgia Southern, and now Troy's coming on, and they look like they're going to be, you know, they look like they may be the favorite to win it this year. And then uh, Arkansas State. And then you had three of those teams in one division. You had at, or in the East. You had at Troy and uh, Georgia Southern. I would like to see them put swap Troy and Georgia – or swap Troy and South Alabama to give, you know, to have two big dogs, so to speak, in each, yeah. each, each division. But it makes sense. Um, they haven't announced yet, you know, who the if they're gonna have an automatic or like a permanent cross division rival, which they should. It would just make sense to have you know South Alabama and Troy play every year. But uh, I like I like what they did. It makes sense. Um, I just don't know how they're gonna do the schedule because the divisions are so small. How they exactly are gonna do that? Yeah. Um, I think it makes sense for them to have a championship game, but I just. And I, I need to see. Um, hopefully, they come out with a more detailed plan um, this summer at media days. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's a step in the right direction, for sure. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, I like the fact that they've decided to just do eight conference games. Um, now it even makes much more sense that they're doing eight conference games in two divisions, so you really don't need to play the other um, conference members in the other um, division. Um, you still get that money game, and then for and then you have the you know what you would like to do for the other three games. Um, I think I really like the East Division. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, it it's kind of I really wanted Troy to be separate from Appalachian State and Georgia Southern. Um, 
Unfortunately, it didn't come down that way. I felt like a lot of the the reasoning for that, for why they did that, was based off of um what other conferences have, such as like you know the SEC West or the AEC. Like you have stacked divisions that you can say like this division is better than this division. I feel like you wouldn't really say that about Sun Belt if you had split those two. But with Appalachian State, Jordan Southern, and Troy, three, you know, really really solid solid programs in the same division, you can put them on par with say Conference USA West or Conference USA. Hell, that might be even a better division than what Conference USA East or West can offer. Um, I like the West. Um, you know, like you know, it's, it's, there's just really not much to complain about. Um, I think that the West is really has a lot of potential for either one of those teams to really, you know, blossom more. Arkansas State has really been, you know, has been the Sun Belt for the most part with their uh, the recent. Well, Arkansas State, they just keep making good coaching hires. I think what you see some G5 programs do is they get worried about a coach leaving, and then they're like, we got to get a guy that's going to stay here a little bit. Arkansas State is just, we're going to hire the best assistant available that fits our culture, and that's what they've done. And now some of, like a Brian Harson, a left after one year, but then they hired, you know, Anderson, who's, you know, kind of sticking around for a little bit. So I think they just done a really good job with coaching hires. They've hired coaches that, you know, offense, that have offensive track record, and they're kind of, you know, running a, some variation of no huddle tempo, and it's just, it's just worked for them. They've kept winning, and they've kind of built a culture there really out of kind of out of nowhere and it's you know you see it they're collecting conference championship trophies and uh bow appearances um left and right now now who do you think would have the the higher ceiling in the east or the west as far as who really is the the winner as far as with this split alignment uh the highest having the highest ceiling of like the biggest winner of this of the uh, divisions yeah um, I'd have to say um, Arkansas State, um, just because you know they've proven it, and uh, but I will give one caveat: Texas State, Everett Withers, they just pulled in the best class, and now it's a total rebuild. So they they're not going to get anywhere probably for a couple years, but the road is there for them to really you know be a true contender out there in the West if they can keep recruiting like they are, develop the talent. You know, he's they're playing a Yali Young guys right now, but I think um, you know, down the road, if he uh if he keep that program keeps coming on, that could be that could turn out we could look back and say maybe that was the real winner because that that opened the door for them to, you know, shoot up to be one of the powers yeah. in the con. Um, I would say the along with you to agree with you with Arkansas State, they're one of the obvious winners. They're kind of the the clear upper echelon, the the dog, the giant dog in the house as far as on the West and then I would say, you know, South Alabama really got a huge, <laughs> you know, a, it's a huge winner being that they're not in the East. They're still a relatively young FBS program. Being in the yeah. West, they're kind of still be able to reach um, some lengths then that they probably wouldn't be able to uh, accomplish in the East Division with Southern and Abstate. Mm-hmm. And so they're, I would think that they're a winner by being in the West. Yeah. The only thing with South Alabama is with Jones right now, they're kind of hitting that wall, that six – or seven win mark, they they get there and they just can't get over that hump. We saw last year they upset, you know, um, upset Mississippi State in the opener and then uh, San Diego State, but then they turned around and dropped one to Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. So just kind of consistency with them. That's why I'm kind of hesitant uh, to put my mark on them. And if we're going to talk about biggest loser, 
in the East of the three teams, it might be, you know, Georgia Southern. Because um, they're kind of in a coaching, you know, situation right now, to say the least. We don't really know what they have with Summers. We're going to find out this year. Just brought in a new offensive coordinator, um, Brian Cook, a former assistant at Georgia Tech under Paul Johnson. We'll see how that works out. But if they don't, if they if it, their season goes in the you know in the crapper again, and they have to go out and hire a new coach, they might be a little bit behind because that because Hatterfield is twenty and four at App State, and uh, Troy's got it cooking with Neil Brown. So if the, the, those coaches don't leave anytime soon, they might be you know where it takes it might take them a little bit to get up back to the the top of the league like they were used to when they first came in and Fritz was winning conference ran a conference championship by running the table in 2014. I agree. Yeah, there's no margin for error in that division if should Jordan Southern take another step back. We've already seen what Troy's able to accomplish under Neil Brown, you know, a really good solid head coach. And then Appalachian State doesn't seem like they're going anywhere under Satterfield. They just locked him up for an extension. So any other minor step back from Summers again, and they could really find themselves not you know at the bottom, but certainly far below their peers in App State and Troy. Right. And then if Georgia State comes on, if Sean Elliott turns out to be a good hire, they, I mean, that could hurt them a lot. So that's something just to keep an eye on. Um, as we go forward, the fun belt. Thank you for listening to Underdog Dynasty's first podcast. All right, thank you. So going forward, the format's likely to change as we're probably going to have just three different podcasts for each conference that we follow. So if you're a Sun Belt fan and you just want to hear news about the Sun Belt, there's just going to be a Sun Belt pod. Vice versa for Conference USA. If you're just a Conference USA fan, we're going to have a CUSA pod. And then the same for the American Conference. We're just going to have an AAC pod. Um, you can follow Underdog Dynasty on Twitter at Underdog Dynasty. Follow myself on Twitter at CoolSciWrites. And you can follow our guest Adam Luckett at Adam Luckett B-O-S on Twitter as well. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.